Girls running the world. That's what we'll talk about today. Episode 33, Twisted Lister. Welcome to the show. I'm Scott, as always, joined by Todd and Harrison. Today we're counting down top female singer-songwriters of the 21st century. Welcome to the show. As always, you can find more about the show at TwistedListPod.com. Find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe. Do your thing. Todd, Harrison, welcome, guys. Well, I, I, let me just say I'm a little disappointed in us um, for bifurcating gender the way we have in such a heteronormative manner you know we're past that in the 21st century here man we have to accept that gender is a spectrum and the fact that we're doing a show that's just about who we have identified as females is i think a little offensive no but let's keep I, so you're saying no like i like Caitlyn that Jenner wouldn't qualify if she were a musician i don't know what she would qualify. she would she would, qual- qual- she would absolutely qualify hey, you know what it- she would How qualify. Get... Oh, I think no, I was I was saying, well, you know, that would be a, a topic for discussion. Yeah. Well, I I think it's what I think it's fair to say that all the artists who we've put on these lists that we're going to talk about today identify themselves as female. Hence I'm pretty sure being they do. Yeah. The as far as singer songwriter. Yes. Hey, and if anybody else, and if you if if anybody else. It, Harrison, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, look, it, it, right. I, I think I think it's clear that these are. Uh, Okay, female, I mean, I'll, I'll humor you. I'll yeah. humor you for the show. Female yeah. I think it's nice yeah. to have a ladies' night occasionally. You know? Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. It is ladies' okay. night on Twisted Lister. Ladies', night. ladies night on sure. Twisted Lister. Uh, female, top female artists of the 21st century. Ironic timing, by the way, on this one, uh, because it's been a very joyous week in my household because the uh, lineup for Hardly Strictly Bluegrass, the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival in San Francisco is starting to be announced and the Indigo Girls have been announced and Sarah is extremely excited about that. Oh, so nice. the irony, nice. it's it's extreme. I'm, I'm, when I'm talking about extremely excited, I'm surprised that she hasn't gone to Golden Gate Park yet and set up a tent at the, where the stage <laughs> is going to be because she's so excited to bring Noah to go see the Indigo Girls for what will be her first concert. Uh, so You know, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned the Indigo Girls because I was around <laughs> <laughs> criticized last year, if you recall, when we did our female fronted rock band yeah, episode, yeah. and I listed the Indigo Girls, well, and I was I was mocked. I believe. Well, yeah, it's been well. Sarah's been mocked a few times in the house because of this. So don't <laughs> think. Yeah, yeah. There's no. All right. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Least, this is at least it and her. Yeah. To spousal relationships. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I also had another another real life. That's an ego opportunity hater. We all know this. That's true. Yeah, another true. real life <laughs> anecdote. Over to friend. Over to neighbor's house. Uh, this week. Yesterday for a barbecue and i see on her fridge that she has a get ready you guys are gonna love this especially todd as president of the 90s preservation society oh, yeah and with this show happening i had to mention it she has a magnet that is from the lilith fair show in 1999 oh, at shoreline oh, amphitheater it. it's amazing oh, and i was like how That's is awesome. and the timing of this with this episode i was coming- gonna say i'm so glad you mentioned lilith <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I, the, the, I, I asked her about the lineup. It included, uh, of course, Sarah McLaughlin. Of course, Bonnie Raitt was involved. And of course, oh, yeah. you guys, Sixpence None the Richer was on the bill. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to mention those little things. But it's been it's been a little while since our last show, as it always is. I feel like I always say that. I wanted I wanted to ask you guys a question. I finally finished. I taught you know our last show. We talked about uh, top five cult bands. Grateful Dead was at the top of the list. I had mentioned this Bob Weir interview with Dan Rather on Access TV that I was the only person in the entire country to watch. I finished it, <laughs> and at the end, I had this thought, and I wanted to just ask you guys real quickly. Uh, it's a great interview, and you know, it it really is. It's a really good interview, and I'm thinking about the greatest rock bands of all time after that interview, and obviously Stones, Beatles, one two, you know, or flip flopped, right? They're one and two, and or Beatles, Stones, whichever way you want to have it. Are sure. the dead? Are the dead three? Or because you got you Floyd and Zeppelin oh, on? The, oh, no, hold oh, on, hold on, show, hold, on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold oh. on. But here's where I'm going. What about Zeppelin? Well, wait, 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 Todd. Here's what I'm yeah. saying. So the top five are probably right. So right. So then, then Floyd and Zeppelin are in the in the top five. So are the dead the greatest American rock band? Um, By default. Because all everybody Wait, else, have we seeded four of the top five places to well, Brits? And I don't. British. I'm just giving well, you, you. No, you have Beatles, Stones. I don't know if Floyd is necessarily in the top. Okay, five. so I this would, is a long. This is a drawn out conversation. Yeah, this, this is, is, a, this is another right, show. Another show. I just this is literally <laughs> another show. Fine, we'll yeah, another you're, show. you're doing a list within a list here. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Say all right, ladies' night. Another. We're bringing in all right. the, the, the testosterone. So Hart would be on that list. 
you know, hard. Yeah, of course. Well, and, and, and we can, yeah, and, and we'll definitely have to interview Gene Simmons and ask him uh, why Rush should be on the list as well. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, if anyway, people are like, well, Gene Simmons is in a rush, but that's a reference to the last show where we found that yes. great nugget. Um, well, I wanted to mention that. I just had to mention it. Todd, well, you, Scott, you, Scott, you. since you brought up the dead, yeah, I, I yeah. want to ask you what you think about the dead and company tour that has now yeah. launched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you guys think of that? Well, my, as someone who paid hundreds of dollars to see the final dead, one of the final dead shows in <laughs> Santa Clara, California, uh, I hope it's a bad joke. And basically what will happen to all of you, you two on the East Coast, what's going to happen is they're going to play a set of John Mayer songs. And you'll, be able, you'll hear Bob Weir sing Daughters over and over and over again. <laughs> That's what I hope happens, Todd. If you're yeah. asking me, my my so for, going, the, yeah. for the listeners who don't know that the, the surviving members of the dead, minus who, like Phil, Flesh, minus Phil, Flesh, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're they're touring with John Mayer and calling it Dead and Company, and they are playing in D.C. I think Philly, New York. They've announced a few dates. So, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. doing they're doing um, it's Philly, uh, Philly, D.C., Madison Square Garden, and then uh, yeah. two in L.A. and two in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. even my dad would go to that. Like I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, but you, they, we've talked about the dead cashing in this year. Yeah, this is like yeah. going to the next level, isn't it? I, it peaks yeah. my, you know, it peaks my curiosity here in San Francisco because they are playing Bill Graham Civic, and I think there's something so cool in a rock and roll way to see the something dead related in an in a, in a venue named after Bill Graham. There's just something in San Francisco, right? Like True, that, that kind of doesn't ups- have to do with like the. Uh, I, don't I don't know. I I but I I, I so. But I, my theory on here's my theory, and this is this isn't you know we haven't talked to anybody. We're not doing you know I'm I'm not doing some Anthony to Curtis Kurt Loader investigative rock journalism here. But my theory on this <laughs> is that Peter Shapiro, who's the producer of the of the Fare Thee Well shows, he has the exclusive rights to Phil's touring basically. So Phil only plays a, a, he only plays at basically two venues. Whenever he plays, Peter Shapiro's a promoter. Most predominantly he plays at his own place in Marin in California, uh, Terrapin Crossroads, okay, where he plays year-round. And then he'll do shows um, at a, a venue in New York, which is owned by Peter Shapiro. He doesn't like touring. Ah. And I think that what happened is Shapiro said, okay, I can get Phil together, I can get Bob together. Basically, the price was so high that they then passed – he basically had to pass that price on to the fans. And that's how everybody ended up paying so much for those quote-unquote fairly well shows. Hmm. But – I, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Like, I, I think I've told the story before. One time I interviewed Matt and Kim, and they said to me um, they were coming off of a festival where they had played with Wu-Tang, and they told me that their greatest goal was to be at a point where they could be like Wu-Tang. And basically, because they had realized that same night they were playing Wu-Tang, that Wu-Tang was playing at the same time in a different city build as Wu-Tang. So basically they want to get wow. to the same level where they can be Matt and Kim mm-hmm. in two different places. That's what the dead are. They can be yes. the dead in well, two different places at the same time. Comes, yeah, they're like Wu-Tang. It comes back to branding. I was going to yeah, say yeah. Wu-Tang is a brand. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what they are. And the dead is a brand. So, brand. Yeah, like if, 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 if Raekwon and Ghostface go out and do a show as Wu-Tang, they can do that and they can do it at the same time as Jizza goes out and does a show that's branded Wu-Tang. It's like, and that's how Phil and, and we are. I mean, it's the same. I love. I love that you just told a story that involved Matt and Kim and Wu Tang. <laughs> I doubt there's a lot of podcasts out there. Uh, also, in reference to the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, you covered a lot of ground there. Well, thanks. That's what I we, think we, we need to tag them somehow on this podcast. Yeah. Well, that's 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 what we do here. And uh, Todd, you were out at a show by the way this week. You saw Sage Francis. You saw our friend Steve Jarek open up the show. Who's host of Chrome Bills, yeah. another podcast worth checking right. out. Right. Yeah. And 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 uh, Lister guest, yeah, Lister guest Lister on our hip hop yeah. artist of the '90s episode. Yeah, yeah. So very fun show. Steve, it was cool. Steve did the uh, he he DJed before the before the show before the opener, and then he backed up the opener. A guy named Seize Mike's who's on the Chrome Bells podcast with him, and he rapped. Uh, Seize Mike's did, and then Sage Francis came on. So it was a fun show. Um, cool, but good to see. Like, I mean, U Street Music Hall is a very cool venue, and definitely like, oh, like pretty, pretty impressive, right? Pretty big. For, uh, you know, for friend Steve to be playing at. So it was, I was excited for him. Cool. And then, Todd, you would be very upset with us if we didn't mention and l- give you some time to wax poetic. Todd Go, Born to Run, <laughs> yeah. 40th anniversary last oh, week. Oh, man. Oh, I, I was mean, talking about this earlier today. Yes. I mean, it's – what can I say? Harrison, it's, you, you know, can just go drop your – Landmark album that's – yeah. <laughs> landmark album, oh, you know, one of my favorites of all time. Um, just such a, a cinematic – 
Then I go um, get a beer. <laughs> a masterpiece of an album. I mean, it's it's beautiful. And actually, still to this day, I actually have a funny story about that because uh, I had tickets to see Bruce. The only Bruce show in the last, I don't know, 15 plus years in DC that I missed, um, I got like the swine flu the, the day that Bruce was coming to town. If you remember the swine flu, it was a big thing like six years ago. Wait, was it, I don't and remember. Touring. I barely remember the swine flu. What I remember is I always remember SARS really? because SARS had the benefit concert. Uh, remember the SARS, the concert in Toronto? Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. See, was, yeah, that's the yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The swine flu people don't have good PR. There was no benefit concert. <laughs> why, where, why weren't they trying to save the children like me? Who had, you know, I was a 20, 20 or 30 year old child, but. You know, no one was out there trying to help. But so I come down with this awful flu. It was like probably the worst flu I've ever had. And it's it's 2009. Bruce is coming to town that night, and he's and he's and he's playing the whole Born to Run album, which I, I you know I've never seen. He did that tour. He decided he would do that on certain dates. And uh, so I missed the show. My brother Drew went, um, and I, I still to this day I'm, it makes me sad to think about it. But I was. I don't think I got out of bed like for for a couple of days. So this anniversary so, was not. But anyway, so every so, time Born to Run comes up, you're reminded of that. No, no, no. Like I still love the album. I'm just yeah. I am reminded of that, and I'm a Sorry. little saddened. But but uh, I, that album to me, I you know, it's funny. I mean, I had heard it when I was younger, but I didn't really dig into it fully. I think until I was in college, and and that's when I, I think I really came to fully appreciate it because that's that's when I read. There's the definitive Bruce biographies were written by Dave Marsh, um, who I think used to work for, write for Rolling Stone, but and he's a great writer. But Dave Marsh wrote the book. The book, the first book was Born to Run, and then I think the second one was Glory Days. But anyway, that's when I read those books, and I Got he it. does a really good job of digging into the songs and how the albums were made. Um, but anyway, I mean that that album was there's 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 so many good there's a great documentary about it about the making of it because it was such a painstaking and laborious process. But it was all worth it. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to also say, you know, you mentioned the Dave Marsh stuff. But uh, if you're if you're not as hardcore a Bruce fan as Todd is, check out the article from the Atlantic this week. Joshua Zeitz did a great job. Uh, Todd, I think I passed that along to you. It was a really good article uh, from the Atlantic uh, about the importance of Born to Run, and it touched a lot on the history of Bruce Springsteen. Oh, no, overall. I, I don't know if I saw that. I thought it was really good. But uh, well, check it out. But you guys coming up this this upcoming week, we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of Kanye West late registration. And I thought that was worth a mention here on the show. It's a big moment. It's a big moment in Kanye, uh, in Kanye history, kind of a moment in hip hop history. I mean, it kind of after Kanye, after late registration, I think things changed for Kanye. And it was also the breakthrough moment for Kanye. But you put those two, those two first albums together, late registration and the, the album before that. And they're totally different from the rest of his work, right? And I wanted to mention because Harrison, we got to see Kanye at that point. A year after that album came out, we got to see him really on the way up. Remember that at Merriweather? With the, you know, the full, oh my God, yeah, the full amazing. orchestra and the biggest chip on his shoulder you've ever seen. You know, even compared to now, he, it was before like he knew he was God and just nobody would listen. He was busting out. It, it was an it, amazing show. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. One of the one of the best yeah. shows I've ever seen. Uh, he was you know because he hadn't hit this. He's he wasn't a pop star yet by any means. He was just he was yeah. a growing hip hop star. Gold Digger had come out. Uh, you know, and it's it was so it's worth a mention. Tenth anniversary uh, of late registration. And the best dressed, the best dressed performer I've ever seen. The, he was to the nines that night. He he popped the collar, <laughs> popped the collar, man, yeah. on the pink polo. That's what he was. That's what he used Straight to rock pops. back in the day. I remember that was his yeah. early look. In and a vest. Yeah. I saw Kanye actually. I'm coming up on one year anniversary of seeing him in Philly at the Made in America festival. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he was not ranting, he put on an awesome show. <laughs> right, right. Well, he just announced that he's going to do a full album performance at the Hollywood Bowl. Of are you guys ready? Really? Which album? Which album? Do you Jesus? Do? Nope, not it's Jesus. Be. No, eight oh eight. Eight oh eight. I feel like it's the most polarizing. Album. Oh, dude, you know I, oh, I'm a sure. fan of eight. I'm not a fan, right? I, I, I know I, you're not. Yeah. Big fan of eight. I think it's a great album. Uh, well, there you go. All right, let's let's yeah. let's get into the countdown. Harrison, kick us off. Top female. I, I don't even remember what we're talking about this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> top si uh, female singer songwriters of the 21st century, right? That's correct, that's Harrison. Right. That's correct. All right, all right, go for it. I, I start on my list um, at, a, I think, a strong number five. I had a hard time. Number five, there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of women who could have fit in this uh, slot. 
Um, you know, like, I really wanted to put Lord on the list, but she just uh, doesn't have enough material, uh, so she didn't make it. I agree. I and agree. like, and her this the couple of single singles that she's had, like soundtrack singles she's had since uh, uh, Pure Heroin came out, have been okay. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with her next album. You know, ask me again in a year. And maybe this list changed. I thought the song off was it catching fire? That was pretty good, but it was, yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, but I was like, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I think her yeah. shtick. Anyway. I also think the thing about Lord is the shtick has to change, right? Because by the time she had reached that popularity, granted she didn't write this song as a popular as a pop artist, but you know, I I'm sick of throwing my hands up in the air, so I just say whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like. Well, come on, you're you know you're like this teenage pop star, and you're you're bitching about things that didn't quite fit I, well. So it'll be interesting if she can change the shit. I, I think, think yeah, I think like that, the first know. album was written before she was famous, right. and now this right. next album will be about becoming famous. I think she's going to write very genuinely about what her experience has been. There'll be a lot of time, you know. I'm sure there'll be songs about body image and everything else on there because she's had to deal with that. From, you know, that you've seen in the press. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how, she, I agree, Scott, with how she evolves, because I think she has to evolve her sound, because she can't just put out, like, what she oh, yeah, did on that, the first album. That, because that whole album, like, beginning to end, is, like, stylistically very, very tight, but you couldn't, if yeah, if you did another album like that, it'd be terrible. And it fit in. And now you have singers like Tope. You know, I was going to say it fit in perfectly with what was popular at the time, too. That sound that had come out. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. So, but and now I feel like singers like Tove Lo have, have yeah. taken that sound and yeah. then made it even more, I don't know, danceable or popular. Dude, that Tove Lo song, that yeah. is... <laughs> That song is awesome. That song, you oh, guys. Know, oh, oh my the, god! That song. The body talking body. That <laughs> yeah. one. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. That's a, oh, that's a, dude, Harrison. Harrison. I'm not even. <laughs> oh, oh my great. god! That song is. It's yeah. It's so Harrison. Great. All you need to know is the main line is yeah. if you're talking body, uh, you got a perfect one, so put it on me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can yeah. play yeah. play us out. Play us out today with it. Yeah, yeah. Know? Maybe. Maybe I will. The Tovlo. <laughs> no, but Tovlo. I just that no, song. Tovlo's talented. It, I she is. She good, is. But... It's a. It's a great song for the, for the kids. Have got to dig that song. I mean, that song is like. It's just. Yeah. I, I've got. But her a... first single sounded so much like Lord. I was like, oh, this is like Lord, the next generation. You know, that's and is it that song? What's it called? The high all the time habits or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A good, good, it's a good song, but it sounds. I think it's it's. You know, definitely descended from Lord. Wait, uh, yeah, the I don't I got these the um the lyrics for yeah if you, right you, now if we're talking body you got a perfect one so put it on me yeah if you you've heard this you Carison you've heard this right if you I don't know I don't think so if you love me right no okay yeah never no mind. yeah I definitely know it I mean, yeah yeah I have a wife I mean, maybe, if I heard, maybe if I heard it I remember yeah but I your wife does your wife listen to the radio the radio edit or the real the real one uh, I'd say it was, it's the radio. Oh no no the real one the real one is uh, what's the oh, real one is it hey, more you guys this is you see this is <laughs> this is why you guys think that nobody under there's nobody under thirty listening to our show because everybody well, else I knows it. I yeah. wasn't so intrigued yeah. by the song that I was like I gotta hear this. I heard it I on a it no you know I was on good. a so you know sometimes I dig into the the uh, dig into SoundCloud and I find like remixes and stuff and I had found this one and I was like oh this is this is kind of cool song. And I was like, this is probably huge with the kids, and you guys will find out why here in a second. beating around the bush there <laughs> no, we're no, not. So to speak. <laughs> and you're like slow down for life whoa 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 let's yeah. Yeah, let's... <laughs> when did it get that serious i don't know yeah so she's yeah very literal songwriter if she wrote it i don't know if she writes her own stuff or not yeah i don't know anyway. that anyway all right anyway, harrison tovlo not on anyone's list the actual list nor is lord let's see if we get name one up on the board here uh, and by the way if that song is that song it's stuck in my head i mean that song oh, that's an earworm yeah yeah that's oh, yeah. definitely an earworm yeah i give her credit all right number five number five on my list uh regina specter 
yeah. Um, and I think I could hang her here even just on just you've got time because that's such a good song. Oh, yeah. Great song. But her album, yes. Yeah. But uh, the rest of her stuff's fantastic too, and she's just got that you know just a fantastic voice. I think really well, yeah, like and just really expressive in her songs. So yeah, yeah. that's my. I'm, I'm a big fan of her. She's awesome. Yeah. Next. So number four. Yeah. Number four. You know, I think I'm going to be the only one with her on my list. I have uh, Imogen Heap, um, who uh, is, I guess, most famous for her song "Hide and Seek," which, if you've heard it, you've heard it. Wasn't um, that on your? Uh, uh, your it was on my. Stay list, it was. Or? It was number five on my top it five songs. Part of you know, Harrison's <laughs> Steps to Love. Songs to make love yeah, to but woman, Harrison, right? Harrison, to heaven and a... but Harrison <laughs> has Tovalo now been put on that list. I feel like Tovalo oh, my, my, my replacement. <laughs> yeah, so her uh, Imogen Heap's last album, Sparks, is really good. It's really smart. She's a really interesting, just kind of electronic artist. She did, you know, composes all her stuff herself, and I actually used um, just uh, the. Um, instrumental tracks from her last album that she put out like in the deluxe version they just had the instrumentals and i use those to go uh like to study by so those are really good oh, really? yeah and read and read while i could listen to it so it's a good album How i that, think imogen heap was also featured on the last kiss soundtrack for what that's worth i was about oh, okay. i was about to mention yeah. that before i was gonna ask harrison how the studying went i was also gonna <laughs> ask him uh or i was gonna mention the fact that she's been on a lot of different soundtracks she's on she's she yeah. had her songs appear on the oc on the hills huh. uh and on the yeah i know anyway she, she's wow. and I, i'm with you on imogen heap man that's a good no that's a good call she has good stuff definitely harris yeah and yeah. she's in her own but she's in her kind of her she's a genre in in and of herself yeah. so yeah so she doesn't necessarily get to expand out of her niche that much um but she's good uh, anyway I feel like regina specter is like that a little bit too like she's got it's such a unique sound yeah you know? yeah like you hear her her a regina specter song and you know it's her like and that's that you can't say that about i don't know i don't think you can say that about some true uh, number three on my list, I have Florence Welch from uh, Florence and the Machine. Um, just a well, I guess I saw her, I saw them open for U uh, two. Was that four really? or five years ago when they yeah when uh, they came to M T Bank Stadium here in Baltimore? Wait, wait, the show I, we were at together. Yeah, she opened that. I don't remember. That. Yeah, Florence and the Machine opened that, and they were like talking to people who saw both sets later people were like were said that they arguably put on the better show between them and you two and it was you two really? it was you two did show. i get there late because i don't remember yeah you, you you and your brothers got there super late uh, oh all right maybe we missed her yeah i was there early with uh the uh the ex so yeah it was yes. good. um but they were fantastic oh. i mean they were fantastic then and she is just an amazing stage presence and her songwriting is fantastic too like uh just you know good songs all around and i yeah i don't no, I, I, I agree 100 percent. i agree 100 percent too and i've had the opportunity to see her live I, I got to see her um before they were huge stars still doing a club show or club slash theater show in chicago and you're right she brings so much energy uh to the shows it yeah she's phenomenal agree harrison yeah my, my biggest regret of the summer actually is missing her on this tour because she came to merriweather post uh in june and it was like Three days after I saw the Decembrists at Merriweather, and I was like, I'm not going to schlep there on a Monday night. Yeah. But I heard it was an amazing show. I had a coworker who went, and he was like blown away by her, and I was like kicking myself. So for those out there that have a chance to see her on this tour, I would I would definitely take advantage of it. Yeah. So. Harrison. 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 Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so number two on my list, you know, I, I, I think I, I, maybe a little polarizing on this show. Um, but I have uh, Taylor Swift, who I think oh, you know, just love her, hate, <laughs> love her, hate her songs. You can't dismiss the fact that she is the most popular female singer songwriter of this generation well, so far. I can't, I can't argue that. I don't. Let's let's that. dive into this. Todd, she's, she's on my Popularity. list too. Todd, you're you obviously gave a big sigh when Taylor Swift was mentioned by Harrison. Uh, I, I think she belongs on the list. I think I think if we're conflating popularity with quality, then yes, I guess you know maybe she belongs. But I, I didn't look at it as a popularity contest. Ooh. So Ooh. I know. I'm just saying, like, okay. look, 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 okay. I haven't seen her live, which I don't think you guys have. Like I will say, <laughs> I think I, I will venture to say you haven't seen her live. No. I saw her on the Red Red tour three years ago, but 
I will say. I can't get I, this. By the way, I cannot get the Tove Lo song out of my head right now. I'm just telling you. It's, 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 we should maybe we should go out with it. Maybe we should go. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. But, um, Sorry. But yeah. anyways, just saying, having seen her live, I did gain a new respect for her because uh, she connected so well with her audience, which was mostly preteen girls, and you know they almost de- deafened me that night uh, with their screaming, but. No, she was. She had an incredible ability to connect with the audience, and you could tell that they were passionate about her. And I, so I came away from that show thinking, you know, having more respect for her, uh, at least as a performer. But as as a songwriter, I just don't see it, I guess. And maybe it's because I'm not a teenage girl. But uh, you know, we are never ever getting back together. To me, is not on par with some of the best songwriters out there. That's just you know my opinion. Okay. But, so, but, you know, and I could name some other songs like this, uh, what's it called? Bad Blood. Yeah. Where she repeats the, the same lines at the end of the song over and over, thinking that it's poetry, where she basically pulls a pop version of Billy Corgan, who will repeat a line <laughs> to death if he thinks it's a good one. Um, so I'm glad I could bring Taylor Swift and Billy Corgan and together. Happiness is always... Okay. This what is she a say? brutal she takedown. Yeah, this is, this is unbelievable. Yeah. She goes Band-Aids or something, bullet holes. That's not right. I don't yeah, remember yeah, what the yeah, line yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. says it a bunch of times, and I'm like, this is not profound. This is not a great wow. song. And it's so, uh, you know, I think it's cool that it's a Katy Perry diss song. That's kind of entertaining. But uh, anyway, I just, I just, and that's why I mentioned, I think last week, uh, the Noel Gallagher interview I read, which I thought was so funny because he was like, the, the interviewer brought up Taylor Swift and was like, oh, what do you think? And, I, and I, I did say this, but he was basically like, I think she's shit. <laughs> no, actually, and that's not, probably what he really did say. I think he did. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even paraphrasing. I didn't even hear the question. What do you think of, it's true, what do you think of, yeah, and then he just said, it's shit. <laughs> so, so, so I'm not, so when I, you know, so I don't want to come down too hard because I, I do think, obviously she's struck a chord with a lot of, people yeah but but uh so there's something to be said for that but i don't know that i don't know that that makes you a great songwriter but that's that's just my all right i'm glad we got that i'm glad we got that out of the way she's on my list todd you bring up a good argument uh she had she made my list because i think she deserves a lot of credit as being somebody who can write quality pop songs, right, and perform them, and I and that meant you know and that's you look true. At my list, I kind of that's how I put things together, and I don't want to jump ahead to mine yet. So Harrison, I'm with you on the on the Taylor Swift pick, uh, but we'll see what happens at the end of this this uh, show. Obviously, if she makes the definitive list, but and you're right, and coming from the Nashville scene that she came from, right, I mean, uh, you know, having moved, uh, you know, we in Nashville, it's very uncommon for singers to write their own stuff. You know, you have Music Row. And um, so I, I respect the fact that she writes her own stuff. So I just don't You're think just, it's You just great. don't like the stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, no, I think it's okay. Like, it's not even that I don't like her songs. I mean, I enjoy some of her songs. I just don't, I guess what I'm looking for in songwriting How? is there's more depth to it. Yeah. Todd's, Todd's inner hipster is poking out real hard right now. Oh, yeah. I, guess. I just hope that John Mayer and Bob Weir do a cover of We're Never Ever Getting Back Together during that <laughs> Dead and Company tour. That would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, but Katy Perry would be furious. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> if he covered Taylor. Yeah. All right, uh, Harrison. What? Who else you got on your list, man? Number one. Number yeah. one. And I feel very confident about this pick. I have Adele um, as my number one pick. It was going to be Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Because because Call Me Maybe is still the best pop song of the 21st century. Oh wow. Mm. We're gonna still, that. Still raining. <laughs> Tove low. Tove low. It's pretty obvious. Tove, Tove, Tove low. might be in the mix now. We might have to revisit that topic. But you can't you can't hit number one with only one song. So right. unfortunately, Carly Ray fell off. So it's Adele on the strength of two. I mean, just powerhouse albums back to back. And also this uh, Skyfall um, title oh. song, which was phenomenal. Right. You know? Right, right. Um, Ad- no, Adele, yeah, fantastic. I think. Total, total uh, pack, you it, know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm with you on the Adele pick as well. No, Adele, she's got, she, I, Adele's great. She has a, you know, incredible voice. Yeah. So. Cool. All Good right. Choice. So recap your list for us, Harrison. Sure, I got number five. I have uh, Regina Spector. Uh, number four, Imogen Heap. Number three, Florence Welch. Number two, Taylor Swift. And uh, number one, Adele. Harrison's top five female singer-songwriters of the 21st century. Okay, 
onto my list here. Here we go. At number five, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift at number <laughs> She's five. Back. She's back. We just discussed it, so we've, we've discussed that. At number four, oh, you know, I didn't mention my – well, I'll mention my honorable mentions after we do the, my top five. My number four, it, because this was a tough list. I was going to – I said to you guys before we got on the air today, this was a really difficult list for me to, to put together. I usually do a quick run through, like top of mind. I like to do kind of, you know, how I'm feeling, right? You know, not much, uh, not much thinking about it, right? And I don't mean that in like not taking much time on it, but I just kind of want it to be top of mind and how I would. Right, you want it to be like your gut reaction. Yeah, gut right? reaction, right? But this one I redid three times because of the amount of talent that's out there in this particular I category. I think that's interesting. Um, that's interesting. So true. I'm glad, and I'm glad I, we narrowed it down to the 21st century because doing you know, know. top five all yeah. the time. I think it would be too tough. overwhelming if we just did all. Yeah, all yeah, them. no, it's true. This was a good topic. Number five, um, I had Taylor. No, I was going to say about Taylor Swift yeah. just real quick. I know Vicky would be thrilled that you had her on the list, and I, the funny thing about Taylor Swift is she does have a remarkable appeal from, uh, and I'm going to say you know largely female, but from the preteens, even up to like women in their 30s, 40s. Well, so it, that, that is impressive. And there's also a considerable number of males that she's impressed as well. Well, uh, yes, and, I'm and not also saying it's females. Oh, that's true, that's <laughs> yeah. true. And written about them subsequently. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, the, the Taylor Swift phenomenon, I think we've discussed before on the show, it is, it's an interesting phenomenon in that she's been able to um, – you know, attract obviously the the teen pop fans, but then also she does attract women who are in their 30s and 40s. And I think the reason, when you talk to women, and we had talked about having a an actual female voice on this show for this episode, and probably that would have been a good idea with this topic because when you talk to women in their 30s and 40s, and they talk about why they like Taylor Swift, they point to this this same reason, and it's not a way that and guys don't look at music this way. Uh, they look at it, they think it's because she's become a really good role model for for younger girls and i hey it's a i mean we don't get like that's something that we may not get the same way as as women get that kind of you guys as as fathers of of daughters you guys might too young i'm i'm still you know what i'm in a great let me tell you something this is awesome i realized this 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 weekend we were hanging out with our friends who have a two-year-old and i was saying how and she you know the two-year-old actually is starting to like and my daughter is one the two-year-old is starting to you know walk and all that i mean i'm not walk she walks talk i meant talk uh starting to starting to talk you know and like understand words and all that and it's so great that i'm still at a phase with my daughter where i can listen to hip-hop music and not worry about the lyrics it's awesome so right now the the song that is actually in heavy rotation uh in club noah is asap rocky's every day and it's great that um, i don't have to worry about any you know any lyrical content at this point because she can't repeat it I, back so it's a uh, and i'm the exact it, opposite yeah. penny is a complete sponge and she is actually <laughs> A much she is much much better than I am at uh, deciphering <laughs> lyrics and songs. Oh, you gotta Does be it. careful. Yeah, oh, yeah. You gotta so be right careful. Now, no toe blow for her. No well, yeah. Penny told, I told Penny that I talked about her favorite songs last week, and so she unsolicitedly today told me she's like, "Daddy, uh, Twenty One Pilots' Stressed Out is my favorite song right now." Oh, wow. So she it's on heavy it's on heavy rotation wow. on her on her uh, Kindle uh, Fire. Or whatever Kindle or little Kindle, um, and she knows all the words and she sings along with it. It's pretty cute. So. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, both, so I do have yeah. to watch the lyrical context content of my songs now when she's in the car. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so that's yeah, that's our take on on Taylor Swift, I guess, as far as our daughters are concerned. Uh, so I just look at it. You know, to me, Taylor Swift is still just it's pop. It has you know, I don't have a daughter who's old enough to. Get into it. But anyway, uh, Taylor Swift at number five on my list. Number four on my list is singer-songwriter uh, Brandi Carlisle, who uh, who has gained notoriety over the last two, three years, came out with a great album within the last couple of years. Uh, and I've you know gone back and listened to some of her older stuff, really liked it. I believe she sang the anthem at one of the Seahawks playoff games last year. I think she's a, I think she's a Seattle. Mm. I think, yeah, you're right. I think, I think she did. Right. And, uh, yeah, Brandi Carlisle, if you haven't heard of her, check her out. This is the other – this is not – the, the the 80s Brandy Carlisle. This is the 21st century. Oh, Belinda Carlisle, yeah. Oh, is that Bel- <laughs> there, Belinda? There, there, yeah. Thank you, Todd. But Thanks. no, Brandy Carlisle is good. Yeah. I actually saw her a couple years ago at Wolf Trap. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. I was I was going. Oh, she because... opening for the Indigo Girls? What? No, actually, Josh oh. Ritter was opening for her, 
and so ah. that's why I went to the show. But I, I stuck around for some of her set, and she was good. And I started listening. I forgot you're the president of the Josh Ritter fan club. Oh yeah, I'm gonna talk about that later. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> yeah, there's a, the oh, the yeah. album that I that I I started to like Brandy Carlisle on came out in 2012. It was called Bear Creek, and now she had a new one that came out just this year called The Fire Watcher's Daughter. Both really good. The track off of uh, Bear Creek that I loved was called Keep Your Heart Young. Great, you talk about great songwriting. It's great songwriting. That's yeah, a, and that yeah. new album is really good. I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That song, The Eye, I think it's called. That's a great song. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, th that album's it's good. It's a really good album, Firewatcher's Daughter. Um, so number three on my list is Adele, and I'm with you, Harrison. And I'll tell you, yeah, anyway, Adele. The, the top three on my list are all pop, are definitely all pop stars not in the same way i'd say as taylor swift with the exception of adele um but they're definitely more you know pop stars in the tradition as opposed to the traditional singer songwriter like a brandy carlisle but number three on my list is adele and, and for a lot of the same reasons that you had mentioned harrison but ironically i had had adele at number one when i first started doing the list and i kept bumping mm -hmm. her down um because i realized that she didn't actually write a lot of the songs by herself she she wrote she had a hand in most of her songs um but it was interesting to see some of her co-writers yeah, i was wondering wondering about yeah that. including you know well, who, who worked with her was dan wilson from semi-sonic actually oh yeah uh, oh you know a, he's a big producer these days yeah, yeah he he's been a, a big behind the scenes guy. he wrote one or yeah. two of the big hits i can't remember which you know one of the two of the big hits so um because when all it was right. when it was closing time on his career he decided to start producing <laughs> for a day. Okay. Smart move, like Butch Walker, you know. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That's right. Or uh, Linda Perry. Yeah, oh, all three of those. That's a, those are great. I know yeah, you love yeah. them. Yeah. Well, we're doing. Yeah. By the way, you got we. Uh, well, I'll talk about. We have to do a show dedicated to producers, but I'll talk about that when I come. Yeah, we need to get one, one of those people on, on yeah, the show. Yeah, we do. We yeah. do. Number two on my list is Florence Welsh, who we've we've talked about. I mean, I remember hearing her when she first started. Uh, when she first broke through in in the UK and uh, her voice, I, what I love about all these artists actually, uh, Adele, Florence Welsh, and then the soon to be announced number one on my list, really unique voices, really amazing female voices. Um, and Florence Welsh, I think was doing something relatively unique in all the styles that she was bringing together. And then she really became a certified rock star over the last two years. So Florence Welch at number two on my list. And at number one, I think one of the most important artists of the 21st century, actually, um, overall, not just female, not just in the, you know, not just as a songwriter or a, or a vocalist, but Amy Winehouse is number one on my list, and she wasn't on my list initially. And I went back to see, you know, the songwriting credits, and she has the songwriting credits in my mind that put her at the top of the list. Okay, I, I was wondering about that yeah. too. Yeah. She, she has the songwriting credits that, that put her at the top of my list. Um, I think also what she did, and it wasn't just her, it was Mark Ronson as well with the producing credits there, which is why I want to do a, uh, an episode dedicated to most influential producers. But without what they did together in putting out the Amy, you know, Amy Winehouse's stuff, um, we wouldn't have seen, there's two things we wouldn't have seen. I don't think we would have seen the female vocalists that we're talking about today, Florence Welsh and Adele. Especially Adele. Yeah, Adele. yeah. I don't, I don't think we would have yeah. seen them. Most and, notable beneficiaries. Yeah. Not to mention several others down the line. I mean, we haven't, we didn't talk about Laura Marling today, who I'm not a huge fan of, but another one who came out of the UK. Yeah. yeah the same on my long list. Same time. Yeah. Same time period. There's a lot of others. I think if, if Amy Winehouse hadn't broken through, um, um, I don't think we would have seen that same burst of female vocalists. And then also, I think the whole soul revival thing, uh, Raphael Sadiq, Mayor Hawthorne, that sound, Sharon Jones, who falls in both categories, uh, that wouldn't have had the same kind of appeal as it did if, if Amy Winehouse had never, uh, you know, come about. So that's why Amy Winehouse is number one on my list for, for female I mean, Amy Winehouse stars. is, yeah. she's, you know, she is yeah. remarkable. And she gets now, the mythical but... Club 27 bump, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just, the only yeah. reason I didn't put, I didn't include her was because I just thought, like, the, the body of work was so small. Now, the quality small. was very good. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't have a lot of output, unfortunately. Yeah, and and some of the stuff is covered. You know, she's done some really good covers too. Uh, yeah. But I, I, yeah. Anyway, I, I think I think her influence catapults her number one on my list. Honorable mention for me. Um, Susan Tedeschi, who was originally number two on my list, but when it came down to it, she didn't have the songwriting credits to get the to get in the top five. She's done a lot of tremendous covers. She's also written a lot of great songs, but uh, but Susan Tedeschi is, in my mind, you know, she's my favorite female vocalist who's out there right now, and Tedeschi Trucks is one of my favorite current that's a, active that's a, bands. That's a future show, female vocalist. Yeah, yeah, that's that. that's true. So Susan Tedeschi, honorable mention, uh, also honorable mention for me, Lissy and Grace Potter. So there's oh, okay. my, my, my list. Uh, All right. Todd, 
Go well ahead. done. Yeah. All right. I'll get right into it. Um, at number five, I have uh, Rachel Yamagata, who uh, I fell in love with at Bonnaroo 11 years ago. Yeah. And uh, have continued to you know follow her since. I saw her at the Birchmere, I think, last year or the year before. But uh, she's an amazing performer. Uh, she uh, she plays piano and sings, but she attacks the piano with this ferocity that I don't know that I've ever seen anyone else do in that way. But she also has this beautiful, expressive voice. Um, and that her debut album is still probably my favorite of hers. It's called Happenstance, back from, I believe, 2004. And uh, so if you haven't heard Happenstance, I recommend checking it out. But she's put out a lot of good material since then. And actually, some of my favorite work of hers has been uh, collaborations she's done with a number of artists, but no notably Rhett Miller. Uh, she appeared on one of his solo albums, the great song Firefly. And then also with Ray Lamontane. Uh, did some good oh, work with him. So two of your favorites. What? Two of your what? Two of your favorites. Exactly. She, right. Yeah. She's good. They hold, she, they hold Rachel in high esteem. She's had an yeah. interesting career, though, Todd. I mean, talk about she never. Uh, she never really broke through. Yeah, never really broke level. through, but continues to pretty much tour every year, right? Yeah. She, yeah. Oh, yeah. She yeah. keeps touring. She's you know hasn't released a lot of material, but. Um, but yeah, she, I mean, she, and she puts on a great show. Like, actually, I want to see her. She's coming back around in November. So I haven't decided if I'm going to make it to that show. But uh, she's she's really good and actually has a local connection, at least for D.C. area. Yeah. I didn't realize. She, she went to Holton Arms for high school. Oh, I didn't. Oh. Yeah. Is, uh, is, I, I is knew local she had here a in Bethesda. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And then she went to Northwestern, so Chicago connection, ah, yeah. for college. And she formed the band Bumpus there. But uh, anyway. So Rachel Yamagata, I love her. Check her out if you haven't listened to her. Um, she's number five. Number four, uh, I think one of, again, someone who in the 21st century has made a huge uh, mark, I think, on the, the music landscape, that's Jenny Lewis. Um, Jenny Lewis was in uh, Rilo Kiley, uh, which was a, a great band uh, that was, I guess, I think they put out three albums. Um, and she, her first solo, she has three solo albums also, but uh, Rabbit Fur Coat is an incredible album. That was her first solo album. And that was back in 2004. That was actually on many top 10 lists of al for albums back of that year. And then last year put out her third solo album, The Voyager, which I, I might have probably mentioned on the show. It was one of my favorite albums of 2014. Um, and she also made some important contributions to the Postal Service with Ben Gibbard. So um so jenny lewis for me yeah for me she's needed to be she's one of those artists what? that i've always thought i should like and i've never gotten into both jenny lewis and, oh, really? and the rilo kylie stuff yeah i never really was able to get into it but huh. yeah. i'd be surprised yeah. if you don't like the yeah. voyager yeah. Yeah. the voyager the voyager was like my real first exposure to her i guess that i um like really uh met, like aimed for it and it's a really good album so yeah it's it's great and yeah and she um She's had some good collaborations too. I mean, she worked with uh, Connor Oberst, um, and then obviously with Ben Gibbard also um, on Postal Service. So I got to see the Postal Service reunion tour, which was really cool at Coachella a couple years ago. But uh, yeah, anyway, she's great. She stays funny because she started out as like a child uh, actor. So I think it was hard for her to gain respect. Hey, wait a minute, wait especially minute. in the wait, indie wait, rock wait, world. Wait, she was a child actor. Wait, is is the, is it really a reunion tour if they all worked separately to be like they didn't really work together because they mailed well, everything, right? That I was, don't know what you would call it. I guess it was. I just had to right, jump they, in. They I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, re, the yeah. regrouping. It was like a re. <laughs> I mean, a reunion doesn't have to sorry. be a literal, you're right. a literal thing, you're right? right? I mean, no, you're right. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah. moving on to number three, uh, I have uh, Saint Vincent, aka Annie Clark. Um, I think she's one of the most exciting voices that's in, mu in music in general today. Yeah. Um, and she's had an interesting career evolution over four albums where I think there's been a huge progression. And I think her last album, uh, the self-titled album, which came out last year, is was what finally, as Scott, as you just said about Jenny Lewis mm -hmm. being someone you thought you should like. That's kind of how I felt about St. Vincent. Like when she did the album with David Byrne a couple years ago. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not quite into her. And then when the self-titled album came out, I was like, "Oh, this is this is really good." I was I was really impressed. And, yeah, um, the, the self-titled album is one of my most listened to albums of the last year. Yeah, uh, and I, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that she fell off my radar for the, for this list. But yeah, yeah. that's my pick. Uh, so, no, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned St. Vincent too. I was uh, 
I, she was definitely in that category. People who I, I think I should like, or you know, you know, things like that. And I hadn't gotten into her until I saw her, the stream of her show at Outside Lands this summer, and I was blown. Oh, really? I was like, this. Yeah, I turned on the stream, and she they were streaming her show live, and I was absolutely blown away. Have you either of you guys seen her live yet? Same no, I have heard oh, she okay. puts on a. a oh my god! An it was it was it was it was to me it was like Prince like man. It was she, really? she the way she plays guitar and the way yeah it's kind of crazy and the, the different genres and things like that. I, I thought I'm not not the same genres that a Prince bring you know the Prince brings but yeah it reminded me a lot of and I've never seen I'm not never got to see Prince live but the kind of show that that you would expect from Prince just um it was not you know that's probably not fair to put her on this in the same category but it was yeah she really could. It, did a really good job of commanding the stage. She's a really good guitar player, uh, which I she wasn't is. aware uh, of. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and then I like that, like her, you know, she she's not afraid to rock. Like some yeah. of her songs, like definitely, you know, she can she does some really cool effects. Not just like it's not like soloing necessarily, but some really cool effects with her guitar. Yeah. A la Tom Morello. Um, so. But that at number three. That David but, Byrne, that album with David Byrne, that cover is freaky, man. I mean that. Yeah, that is, is that is the, is that. The, I mean, is. if we do a list, the freakiest well, album cover. That's a that's a freaky cover, man. Anyway. Both traffic and the bizarre a little bit. They yeah. like to be a little you know, yeah. strange. So they like eccentric. So uh, number two, Florence Welch. You guys both talked about her. She's obviously going to be on our final list. Uh, I, you know, I think she's one of the best voices and most dynamic performers that's around today. So uh, I don't need to beat that head or that that horse anymore. Um, and then number one, uh, Regina Spector, who Harrison had on his list um and i like i said i think she has such a, a distinctive voice she's one of those the very few singers um where i like i feel like uh she could sing almost anything it doesn't matter even though her lyrics are really good and original but she could sing anything and i'd probably want to listen to it uh, but she she has a really broad vocal range uh clever wordplay and she really she really rings the life out of every syllable of her lyrics, which I don't say. I don't think I've ever said about any other artist. Um, yeah. I just had to play this song. She's so oh, yeah. you got time, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, New Black, yeah. And and it's funny. I'm glad you played that because some of her, I mean, her albums are great. She has, I think, well, I think five albums, but she, I think she came out with a couple indie ones before, uh, before that. But she has a, it's a really interesting story, actually, because she immigrated... Uh, from the Soviet Union in 1989 during the perestroika period um, to escape persecution of Jews in Russia. Huh. So it's interesting. Yeah, and she moved to the Bronx. That's where her family moved. And she learned to play piano in the basement of a synagogue in the Bronx. It's a very cool story. Oh, cool. Um, or at least perfected her piano playing, and she was classically trained. But, um, yeah, but I'm glad you played the, the song from Orange is the New Black, the theme song, You've Got Time, because... Some of her non-album tracks are actually really, or some of her finest. Um, she did, We talked on their Beatles covers um, episode last year. Uh, I mentioned Real Love. Real Her cover of Real Love was on a John Lennon tribute album, and it's it's incredible. It's it maybe one of my, it's probably one of my favorite songs, just on an absolute basis. But uh, and you've got time, obviously. But she's got some good stuff. She was also on the Chronicles of Narnia soundtrack, which is a cool song. So that's my list. All right, Todd. Uh, Todd, recap your list for the for the audience out there. All right, no, all right. Number five, Rachel Yamagata. Four, Jenny Lewis. Three, Saint Vincent. Three, or sorry, two, Florence Welch. One, Regina Spector. All right, so time to make the the final list. Florence Welch definitely going to be on there. It looks like Regina Spector. Yeah. Regina Spector will be on there. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift makes two lists. She's got to go on the big board. We'll see. If I she's guess the final board. Cut. She's yeah, gotta, she's yeah. got to make the big board. Uh, and Adele was on two lists, right? Yeah, Adele was on yeah. two lists. Yeah, so Adele should be on. That's one. that's four right there. Tad may fight for Taylor Swift to not be be on at all, but uh, that's no. that's four. Who anybody? I would say Adele is definitely more deserving than Taylor. All Swift. right, hold. On. Let's. All right. Uh, if I had to pick one from your looking at you guys, who you guys have picked. Uh, that's a tough. Uh, I I guess, man. I'd go. I'll go with. I like Imogen Heap probably the most out of the, really? out of no. the three remainders would be would be th- that you guys don't have together would be Imogen Heap, Yamagata, and Saint Vincent. I'll give a vote to go on the big board here. I'll put Imogen Heap up there. Yeah. Any other nominations from you guys for? Uh... I'll put that uh, Saint Vincent up. All right. Saint choice. Vincent's yeah. going up there. Todd. I would- 
I guess I guess Amy Winehouse. All right, nice. that's great. Yeah. Thanks for the support. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, I didn't want to get you shut made, out. You made a good point about her influence. I mean, yeah. there's a huge influence, even though her output was what kind of disqualified her yeah. from my list. But she, you know, she's she's incredibly talented. So let's. So is Florence Welch number one? Is is or is? I think yeah. I think Yeah, Florence is number one. Is Regina Spector or Adele probably one of them? I would vote for Adele at number two. Uh, I would vote for Regina, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah Harrison? I would vote for Adele. Oh, Adele. Adele. All right. Adele goes at two. Regina All Spector right. at three, probably. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. The four and five spots. Here who we, here's who we have left. We got Taylor Swift up there, Imogen Heap, and St. Vincent, and Amy Winehouse who uh, to split the four and five. Well, guys uh, – I mean, you know, I feel obviously I'd, I'd go with Amy Winehouse, but I don't know how you guys. Todd, I'd I'd I'd, uh, I'd let you put huh? I'd let you put St. Vincent at number uh, four. Oh if, no! I, I, yeah, oh I, no! If, if oh, Taylor no, Swift gets number five. Oh no! Uh, Taylor Swift. Oh no! I've yeah. been... I, I was gonna say uh, St. Vincent and Amy Winehouse, but uh, I could live with Taylor Swift at number four. Oh okay, no! There we go. There we go. There's our uh, list. That's you guys. Right. That's I like St. Vincent getting in there. That's number four. That's yeah. Four. You guys are. You know what? I'm so pissed now that I put Taylor Swift on my list. This, <laughs> this is, you should be. I, Todd, be. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what? You taught me a lesson, Todd. Man, how did, my number one doesn't even make the final five after my huge rant about Amy Winehouse. Well. I disagree with you guys. Well, you but know, that's I what makes the show great. Dude, that's rock that's and roll, fine. man. That's, that's, that's uh, rock yeah, and roll. Yeah, that's, you know, I would have taken Amy Winehouse over Taylor Swift in a heartbeat. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. He did. Gosh. He did. All to right. get Saint Vincent in there, I'll take. So it. our finalist, top female singer-songwriters of the 21st century, number five is T Swizzle herself, Taylor Swift. <laughs> number four, Saint Vincent. Number three, Regina Spector. Number two, Adele. Number one, Florence Welsh. That's your Lilith Fair for 2016, everybody. That's a <laughs> if good. They bring it back together. That's a good lineup. Good. That's a good lineup. I would see that. Yeah, I would definitely yeah. see that. And, no, and that's a fantastic that is. Lineup. And then if the second stage is Imogen Heap, Jenny Lewis, and Rachel Yamagata, that's a great show. It definitely oh, talks about the awesome. amount of talent that's on that, that is out there right now. I mean, it's really it's really good. And this was a a good list to put together. So that's your definitive list. I'm glad we saw Florence Welch of Florence the Machine get number one. She's awesome. Yeah, they could have, a, they yeah. Could have an Amy Winehouse uh, hologram at the, the, <laughs> the fair. <laughs> they, they could. And actually, and that Florence the Machine, they're, 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 the the album that they released recently yeah. uh, is just phenomenal. How yeah. big, how, blue, how beautiful, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So such a good, so yeah. good. So I can't recommend that highly enough. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of which, uh, what have you guys been listening to lately? Harrison, What's uh, what have you been listening to, man? Uh, I spent yesterday at the Windjammer Festival here at Pier 6 in Baltimore. Uh, the headliners were uh, Dan Deacon, Beach Houses, or Beach House, and um, and Future Islands. And it was oh. just a fantastic show. Let me tell you, like, you know, I've only been to uh, Pier 6 a couple of times. But what an amazing venue. It's surrounded on three sides by water. And you just got a great view of the harbor. Plus, you got music going. It was fantastic. It is a great venue. Scott yeah, and I did venue. see Matchbox Twenty there. Oh, and met Rob, I've got Rob, two. We met Rob Thomas it, there. I, I forgot right. about yeah. back in the day. Yeah, I mean, this was back. Let's. That's I mean, my this was Beer Six memory. Well, let's let's talk. I mean, that was back. That was a, that was a a dollar one show sponsored yes. by DC One Hundred and One when Matchbox Twenty was just coming up, playing for nice. a dollar. And yeah, we. That's right. That was at Pier Six. They played. Uh, and that's where, you know, and uh, they did do a cover of Cindy Lauper's Time After Time, which was heart-wrenching. And I'm sure it's still part of the, the set list. Especially for us high school sensitive yeah, guys. Yes, that's you know? right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I saw there, uh, I saw a further fest there with Weir. It was oh, Rat Dog. Oh, really? Rat Dog and uh, Rusted Root. Oh, yeah. They they fleeced me for money for that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> and now they've been, they've, been doing it for, yeah. they've been doing it for years. They have. It was, it was, it was a Rat Dog, Rusted Root, and uh, Keller Williams, I think, were the, were the headliners oh, wow. uh, nice. early 2000s. And, uh, Wait, yeah. Scott, do you remember how we approached Rob Thomas? Remember we, we did do talk I, to him. I like, probably just went up to him. Yeah, I think I just went up to him. And oh, said, you're, that's true. Yeah, you're yeah, not so, shy. Yeah, I, this, I just went up to him and uh, – but he was nice. He was, he was cool, very right? nice. He was. I don't know if he'd be as. I mean, not that. I mean, I don't think he would now. It was. It was pre. Yeah. Pre smooth. Rob Thomas. Keep in mind. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh well. Pre cocaine. Pre cocaine. Rob Thomas. I think is what you're trying to say. <laughs> I said pre Carlos I... Santana. You said pre cocaine. Yeah, pre- I don't know where you're going. <laughs> with that, but, uh... For some people, they have the same effect. You know? yeah. yeah. But 
Uh, but but for uh, I was gonna say Rob Thomas. One thing, <laughs> Rolling Stone did a great write up on him like several years ago, a commentary, and they 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 said Rob Thomas is the Phil Collins of his generation. I thought. That oh was, God. I thought that was great. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I. Yeah, I don't Unwanted know. Unwanted or appreciated. Have, well, because he worked with a band and solo and had success on both fronts. Yeah, but, you know? yeah, uh, at the same time. yeah, but he didn't have. Yeah. And pop six major pop six. He did. But he has he had this. Oh, this is totally. This is we're going off the rails now. But I don't know if he, I, I just. I don't think he's had. The, I, I can't believe only us. This is why this show only three of us would discuss what I'm about. Yes. Only the three of us would break this down. I'm not sure. You ready for this? I'm not sure if yeah. he's had the solo success that Phil Collins had. Okay, <laughs> Phil Collins, because yeah, I don't know because I mean, in the air tonight is is one of the all time songs. Right, it's one oh, of the yeah. all time yeah. songs. Now, smooth, I mean, it's the number one air drumming song of all time. That, probably, yeah, now right? smooth is a legitimate pop hit, but that was done on a Carlos Santana album. Outside yeah. of that track, what is another solo Rob Thomas song? Oh, remember Diamonds? Do you know that one? Diamonds. On the, I don't remember how it goes. All right, I remember the word diamonds. You don't know that one? No, I know. See, I listen to way too much 107.3 no, ABC because no. of my wife, so no. I've heard a lot of Rob Thomas, probably more than you guys. I mean, I, dude, don't but, get me wrong. No, you no, know, no, you look, guys I, know. You guys know where this is going. I know what you're trying to do to me because you know my soft spot for Matchbox 20. I know. And anybody I know. who knows me knows that I could dig into the Matchbox 20 crate right now and start playing I'm you. glad that we're finally getting into Matchbox 20 on episode 33. It's about time. Harrison. Yeah, we get into Scott's Matchbox 20. I mean, my Matchbox 20. Look, Matchbox 20. I, I proudly don't own any Matchbox 20 albums. Oh, no, no, I, that's fine. I don't know any albums, period, except vinyl. Let me tell you, so, let me tell you something about Matchbox Twenty. <laughs> Yourself or someone like you comes out in 1996. We meet yes. Rob Thomas. It's a good, it's a good album. I had no idea where it they'd is. be venturing off to. Mad Season comes out, and I'm still on the Matchbox Twenty train, but I, <laughs> but everyone else had gotten off. Everyone else, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people got off. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you guys were long. You had, you had not gotten on that train, and I'm. Still oh, real, wor real world was the, was it? That was it. I was done at that point. Wait, that's real the world. Was oh, wait, that's, that's the, the first, first track. <laughs> that's the first track. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Once you heard that, you were. You checked I was out. done. Yeah. Well, right. you know, I heard the other day, Vicky and I were road tripping back from the Outer Banks in North Carolina, and we and Push came on the radio. Oh, that's a bad like, one. This song does not hold up. No, and that wasn't that that's, great that's, then. That's, that's a bad one. It really one. doesn't hold up. And why now. is that on the radio? But you guys, you know what, man? You can't. But then he had like there were the deep cuts on yourself or someone like you, like this one, like like this track, which is like like the last track. Of the oh album. yes, producer Scott, he's pulled up some. He nice he stays outside till it's gone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you like I should have a lighter right now. Hey, you know what? And you know what, Harrison? No, 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 no. There is. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. there was soulful yeah. cowboy oh, Rob Thomas. Oh yeah, there is. But you know what? I'm gonna find. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna find for you right now. Since we've gone down, and I know we're, I know we're getting towards the end of this particular we're, we're show. Yeah. But we have gone down the sinkhole, which is what everybody does at home, and it's great that we get to do it together here. That's true. <laughs> but Harrison, I feel like you've never experienced what we've talked about, what we just talked about, which is the Matchbox Twenty cover. Of time after time. Oh, and that's a good you've one. Never, oh, yeah. You've never experienced that, Harrison. And I feel like since no. you, Yeah, well, you know what? Here it is. There's a great void there that needs to be filled. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cindy Lauper and I share a birthday. Wait, you and Cindy Lauper share a birthday? Yeah, no, June know. 20th. Harrison, you're talking over this. I'm trying to. John Goodman. <laughs> Also June 20th, and Errol Flynn. Harrison, you can't all right, all right, the power we're done. We're done. We're done. Harrison. All right. My last comment on this topic. You're, you're really screwing I, up my childhood you know what, right now. Todd, also, bad. I'm blaming Todd really fucked this up. This is Todd. He was just waiting for a Pier 6 mention oh, so he could yes. get me going on Matchbox 20. Oh, I'm so glad <laughs> that you brought it up. I'm so glad. But I, I, the last yeah. thing I'm going to say about this is that uh, the, the the whole Phil Collins analogy, while it was funny, it was funny, it was interesting. I do agree, Scott, that he he did not have the yeah. nearly the pop success that Phil Collins no. had. And I actually there's still time. There's I still became time. quite a Phil Collins fan back in college. Let me tell you something. Is that a way of saying that you kind of went gay for a little while? Well, I was quite the Phil Collins fan for a couple of years oh, in college. I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, 
It's like uh, you just it, gave a few handies or something. You know, no big uh, deal. <laughs> no, I had one of my best friends in college was a huge Genesis slash Phil Collins fan, and he he converted me. So nice. I had new, newfound respect after that. Fine. So that's all I'm going to say. Oh, man, I forgot about Phil Collins' Another Day in Paradise, you guys. Oh, That's, man. Oh, my God. How can there's I so many. Isn't that a David oh, Crosby so duet? Isn't David Crosby on that track, or did I make that oh, up? Or did they just what do about, it? Did they... What about Billy Don't Lose That Number? That's a great one. Billy Don't Lose That Number. I heard. Wait. I was so happy when they they played it at a Nationals game a couple weeks ago, and I was so happy. They played Billy Don't You Lose That Number. So, Phil, wait, can we go Not back? Not to be confused with Ricky Don't Lose That Number by Steely Dan. Oh, yeah, that's what I was, right. <laughs> I, wait, what is Billy Don't Lose? Oh, oh, Billy Don't, oh, it's a great song. Wait a minute, Phil Collins did another, a cover of just of That's Just the Way It Is with David, this can't be accurate. There's no way. What did he do? There's no way. That's just the, the way. He also it, did the song from the Tarzan movie. What is, wait, he, did, won, he won an Oscar for You'll Be In My Heart, I believe. What is, I'm looking up Phil Collins and David Crosby duets right now. What is this? Hold on. He did. Whoa! Wait a minute. Oh no, it's another day in paradise, right? Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't know what this. I don't is. think it's another day in paradise. No, hold on. but they did do another day in paradise together. I remember seeing that. Oh, really? Yeah, David Crosby and Phil Collins, which is an amazing duet. That's. Uh... <laughs> I am so glad that Phil Collins is finally getting his due respect on episode 33. That makes me happy. Uh, I've I've sung his praises before. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard one for me to reconcile because he's not. It's not cool to like Phil Collins. No, no, it's not. I don't know that it ever has been, but it is. It, you know, never ever. It's never been cool. You know what? <laughs> As I'm pulling the Phil Collins David Crosby duets, David Crosby. Is there any? Is there another guy in rock who's so powerful with just a mic? I mean, he doesn't do anything. He just he just stands there. Any he, he doesn't have the looks either. He's got nothing except a microphone. I mean, <laughs> you know he's got a good voice. Yeah, but he yeah. Has nothing else to bring yes. to the table. But but. Uh, oh, all right. We wait, just wasn't went. there a Bone Thugs song that sampled? Phil oh, Collins? are we going there? Oh through. my oh, God! Yeah, there was. Oh, of course yeah. there was. Oh, that song's Definitely. amazing. Oh, that song. Yeah, that's, <laughs> song's oh, amazing. that's that song's amazing. Well, hang on. That song. It, it's home. It, home. Oh, it's, it's ma- oh, it's amazing. That, that song, made me almost as happy Todd, as when Tupac sampled Bruce Hornsby. Todd, that was another I, I great don't song. know. I don't know how many beers you had at the Nationals game earlier today, but this little <laughs> rant, this is this is fantastic because some great sinkholes. Um, yeah, this is amazing. Hang on, I got. Oh, here it is. Yeah, if you've never heard this one. Oh, that's some good shit. This is good. Harrison? That's good. Have you guys seen the video? No. No, I haven't. Yeah, Bill Collins is in the video. Is David Crosby? He is? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. So this is like, dude, you know what? This is kind of like the ASAP Rocky every day before ASAP Rocky's every day because he's yeah, got Rod the Rod Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, it's which true. is like my, my favorite. That song is so good, dude. That song is, that is so good. That is a good song, Scott. Good. I'm glad you, oh my I'm God. Glad you got me onto that. Harrison, anything else that you want to talk about since Todd has <laughs> railroaded this conversation? I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like this was a good place we had to go. No, yeah. no. Anyway, just so when, when Jammer was really awesome, it was a bunch of local Baltimore bands. Like the lead singer of uh, Future Islands was just hanging out in the crowd, you know, up until their set started. So it had this real good neighborhood feel, but it was sold out and everybody had a blast. So, you know, I, I hope they do something like that again. It's real. It was a really good showcase for Baltimore music. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, Beach House just dropped their new album, uh, Depression Cherry. And they played, and I think they played most of the album last night. It's decent if a little, a little morose, but it's it's good. I'm with you. Morose. I couldn't get into it. I yeah, like, I haven't been able yeah. to get into Beach House, I will say. But yeah. I like Dan Deacon a lot and Future Islands. So I think it's really cool that they did that. Not only that they had the festival, but like the focus on, on local bands, like Baltimore bands. That That's is cool. cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to, surprisingly, the Donovan Frankenreader album called The Heart, new album. And, I, I you know, he's... 
liked him back in the day 10 years ago. I felt like he kind of got a little poppy and uh, repetitive, a la Jack Johnson. But this new album, I was listening to some of the tracks, and I found myself getting really into it. And it's almost like you kind of wish that Jack Johnson had gone in this direction. Um, so, yeah, just give a plug for that album. I really, really like it. Dominant Frank and Reed. I'll check Arts. that out because I, yeah. I, I feel like he's always been in Jack Johnson's wake. Yeah, he's always been the poor man's Jack Johnson. No, I like Wake with this, the surfing analogy. Is yes, very, oh, it's yeah, very good. Right. I didn't even that yeah. wasn't even intentional. It was good. Um, yeah. That's cool. I should yeah. check that out. And yeah. then I, uh, yeah, I've just I've been listening. Well, I mentioned Josh Ritter earlier, but uh, he has a new album coming out in October called Sermon on the Rocks. But uh, he's released two singles, and they're both they're both outstanding. So I'm really excited about the album. This two singles. Are available on Spotify. They're called "Getting Ready to Get Down" and "Where the Night Goes." A, really ja- a, a Josh Ritter note worth mentioning is that he has been in the studio working with Bob. We everything comes back Bob Weir. No, seriously, <laughs> I forgot to mention. I was going to mention this to you guys, but and I had, we had in our like news and notes section, or when we exchange emails over the course of the week. I was, yeah, he, I read. Uh, so Bob Weir actually in that interview he had talked about this album in that interview with Dan Rather that he's doing like this country-ish album, whatever. And uh, then I read online that Josh Ritter is actually working with him on it. So there you go. So really? It could be a cool I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, kind of And cool. I, I, here I thought I knew everything about Josh Ritter, but I don't. Oh, man. You're you got to the, update the, the fan webpage. You can, always learn, you can always learn something. That's yeah. Yeah. Here. yeah, what kind of message board moderator are you, Todd, if you don't know I don't know. Yeah, he uh, hasn't been keeping up with his GeoCities account. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was a this was a fun one. I think it's I think it's appropriate that yes. Tove Lo takes us out. Oh, definitely. Right. <laughs>